For the cheese heads who want it fresh and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral. This is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. It is Victory Monday. And Perry, I don't, I don't know if you can hear this. I don't know if my mic is going to pick it up. But if you listen really closely, you can hear the sound of Bears fans crying across the border <laughs> in Chicago. Yeah, rough day for Bears fans, um, especially after all the smack talk in this offseason about how they're going to take the North back, how Justin Fields is the better quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't know if you and I watch the same game as them, but I feel as though that they were very wrong. And I say that as a fan who's like not really into the whole back and forth kind of smack talk thing. I don't really usually get involved in that at all, but I was quite ready to talk so much ish after that game. Like had all the receipts to pull them out. I was so ready to go in because it wasn't just fans. Like, look, if you're a fan, you want to root for your team. I actually like, I, I can get behind bears fans being all in on their team and I can, totally empathize with how disappointing last night's performance must have been for them because that sucks. It's for me, it's more of like the NFL media picking the bears over the Packers. Even after everything that we know, even after everything we saw in the preseason, you still decided to pick the worst team in the league last season over the Packers. Sit down, cry about it. So... (laughs) I want to start off by let's start off with like overall feelings about this game, because like, again, I I look at week one with a little bit of an asterisk. Everyone's kind of like just getting their feet under them. Um, And so I went into this game. You and I both did. If you listen to our preview show last week, thinking that this game was actually going to be really sloppy, um, not that high scoring and a little bit of a slugfest. And this Packers offense, while they had their moments, actually looked quite nice and quite consistent. Um, And I have a few thoughts about why, but we'll get into that later. I was very, very impressed with how poised all of the young guys looked on this team. And by all the young guys, I mean like 75% of the roster um, because they're all young. But this was a lot of their first NFL games, first NFL starts. And I was incredibly impressed with how they performed in the moment, um, especially on the road especially against a hostile opponent. Um, I think there's a lot of good and a handful of things to clean up, which is what you always want out of your early games, especially when you get the win. So I don't think I could have actually scripted up a better week one for this team. Yeah, I agree. Especially like the starting wide receivers for the Packers were Jaden Reed and Malik Heath. So you're talking about an undrafted player who was starting at wide receiver because of the injury to Romeo Dobbs. That's incredible that these young guys went out there and made the most of their opportunities. And we saw, of course, there were some jitters. We said going into this week that there would be growing pains, probably some drops. And we didn't want that to impact, you know, kind of the rhythm of the offense. What we wanted to see was on time throws, poise in the pocket. And Jordan Love, by all accounts, I think exceeded expectations as far as all of that was concerned on offense. Absolutely. So let's start with Love, because I think that's where we need to start. First of all, he was so well protected. I can't wait to talk about this offensive line all season long. He was so well protected behind that line. 
I think there shouldn't be any concerns about the starting five, even though I don't think it was Josh Myers's, you know, best game ever. Um, so he had all the time. He was able to read the field well. He was able to go through his progressions. I don't think he hit many checkdowns at all. He didn't need to. Guys were getting open for him. He just – he really impressed me. He just really, really impressed me with how unfazed he seemed. And it wasn't a perfect game, right? There was a fumble, a snap fumble that could have gone for – you know, it could have been disastrous, right? So the Bears could have picked it up. He could have just taken a really bad, you know, sack, if you will. Not a sack, but you know what I mean, like – just fallen down when he got instead he picks it up he has his eyes downfield and then hits Luke Musgrave for a 37 yard completion like just things that I wouldn't even you know I couldn't even hate on him for getting flustered in the moment for he didn't get flustered in the moment you saw some awesome arm angles you saw him use his legs um you just saw all the reasons why I think the Packers were super high on him in this game. And not, not to mention, you know, he had a couple of missed throws. He overthrew Luke Musgrave. Um, You know, there were a few drops, obviously those things are going to happen. This is a little bit of those growing pains we talked about, but just like I, this went like well above and beyond what I thought a good game would have looked like for Jordan love three touchdown passes. The only quarterback to do that yesterday, just, amazing day for him great day for him yeah and I mean I think it's the little things too right like you can look at the stats and you're like okay 15 of 27 245 yards three touchdowns like that's a really solid day but then if you break down those numbers even further he had a perfect quarterback rating on third and fourth down two of his touchdowns came on third or fourth down eight of 10 141 yards 14 yard average per attempt like he was methodical in the way that he executed his game plan and he just does not seem to get rattled and I think that is what for a young offense they need you know you have guys like Aaron Jones and David Bakhtiari who are like the vocal leaders but Jordan Love just has this like quiet cool poise to him and I we talked about it you know going into the game that we wanted to see a little bit more attitude from this Packers team and I thought they brought it and then some on Sunday. I was so, like, excited for them. Normally, you don't want your team to, like, scrap, right? But you could just feel it building. And the way that they rallied around each other, it was it was worth it to see. Absolutely. It just did not feel like Jordan Love's first start. No, it right. wasn't. Granted, he had a start in Kansas City. He played a little bit in, in, um, in the Eagles game last season. Those, in my mind, don't count. Like, this is his first start as the guy, right? As QB one. And it just didn't feel like a first start. Now, granted, that's probably because he spent three years and he knows the system and he feels a lot more comfortable and he has that connection with the coach. But um, I was just, I was just impressed. I mean, also I was expecting a little bit of like, not simpler game planning. I think we talked about this in our pregame show, but just like some easier completions to start the game, which they did. There was plenty of slants, plenty of like kind of underneath stuff, but like he hit Romeo Dobbs on a goal line fade for a touchdown. Like that is like probably one of the hardest throws to complete and he did it. So just like all around, I think a lot of good to point to. Um, I just, I think my, a few things are, 
I would like him to slide <laughs> when he runs. <laughs> Please don't run into defenders. We need you. Um, and just a little bit of that accuracy still, but that's going to come with time. Did you see uh, yeah. in his post game, he was talking about that with his agent and he's like, I want to, I want to run somebody over. And his agent's like, please don't do that. I'm with his agent. Please don't do that. Um, yeah. But he had a lot of help right from his guys. So there's a couple of guys I want to shout out and I'm sure you feel the same way. Um, Romeo Dobbs, first and foremost, okay. played less, played less than 30 snaps, two touchdowns. Like let's talk about efficiency <laughs> here. Um just it's so clear that he and love have that kind of mind meld connection already um and to come in and just produce the way he did even on a pitch count was i mean he he is he's the man like he he is the man and when they get him like full 100 percent of snaps i think watch out um we don't even need to talk about aaron jones just aaron jones just when aaron jones has the ball good when Aaron Jones doesn't have the ball, not as good. Like, that is it. Um, and I'm really pumped about Jaden Reed. I, I think he had, like, one kind of – I don't even know if you want to call it a drop, but a ball that was probably catchable. But he totally bounced back and made some huge plays. And like you said at the top of the show, he was, like, the starting receiver in this game, rookie, first game. And, again, just – I think a theme with this team is unfazed. They feel so equipped for the moment. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it on the show. Luke Musgrave gets another shout out too going into the preview. Cause we said, let's look at Sam Laporta as a metric here in that lions and chiefs game. He had five targets, five receptions, 39 yards, two first downs. And we said that probably feels like a good rookie tight end number for all rookie tight ends, not just, you know, Sam Laporta or the Packers tight ends. Luke Musgrave comes out. He has four targets. One was the overthrow, three receptions, 50 yards, and a first down. Very good first game for him in his first official start. And you can tell the Packers want him to be involved long term. He is going to be one of the guys on offense. And I think what makes this so exciting is Luke Musgrave got his targets. Romeo Dobbs played like 26 snaps, got his targets. Just add, wait till you add Christian Watson, right? Like he's not playing, and your guys are putting up these numbers. And Watson's speed is just going to take the top off of defenses. Somebody is going to always have man coverage, and they will be able to win. What I thought was really cool, too, is uh, Jordan Love just, you know, finally getting to hear some of his football mind when he's in the postgame pressers. We're always, like, so accustomed and so used to Aaron Rodgers talking about, like, the finer details of quarterback play. So it was really fun to get to hear Jordan Love do some of that, where he talked about, on the Aaron Jones touchdown, he had a choice route and he knew like, Hey, I'm against a linebacker. I can, I can score with this. I'm going to run this specific route. And Jordan just had to hit him. So a lot of those wrinkles, I think we're going to see a ton of in, in this new, new offense. And it's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. A couple other wrinkles that I really appreciated so much pre-snap motion, mm-hmm. which we know the previous quarterback was not a fan of for whatever reason, but the pre-snap motion was just allowing Jordan Love to see what the Bears defense was going to do and giving him those options. He was also moving guys with his eyes. If you haven't watched it yet, Dan Orlovsky has an amazing breakdown of the way Jordan was able to do that. Um, just just so good. I mean, the other piece that I, I know Packers fans are excited about, and I am too, is Jordan Love is not afraid to hit the middle of the field 
In fact, yes. it looks like his sweet <laughs> spot, to be honest. And that is also just so good to see because especially, especially, especially when you have a tight end like Luke Musgrave, you are going to get so much chunk yardage if you're able to hit that guy in the middle of the field. And we're going to see more of it. Yeah. Um, just really quickly before we switch to the defensive side of the ball, like we talk about how good Aaron Jones is, but he is so good. Andrew Murtig on pack a day mentioned that he could put himself with this young offense into the conversation for offensive player of the year. If he has the kind of season that we think he can have being the focal point of this young offense, nine rushing attempts for 41 yards. Okay. Like three first downs, 4.6 yards average gets a touchdown, two receptions, for 86 yards, two touch or two first downs and a score. 127 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns. And he didn't even play in the fourth quarter. Did he didn't even, even play. play the whole game. <laughs> and I mean, Matt, Matt Lafleur says like you cannot have enough Aaron Jones on your football team. Like you just can't. He played two quarters basically because he disappeared in the second quarter. Also, David Bakhtiari had an amazing quote too. That was like, when Aaron Jones is on the field as an offensive lineman, you have to be on your game because if you are not a hundred percent in your assignment you are potentially um, preventing a big play opportunity because Aaron Jones is a big play opportunity every single time he steps onto this field I cannot think of a better player for a first year quarterback than Aaron Jones and he showed it in this game yeah I mean like you truly cannot say enough about the impact that he has. And again, we're talking about Luke Musgrave coming in and making, you know, a significant impact. Jaden Reed making a significant impact. Romeo Dobbs in 26 snaps, having an impact without Christian Watson. Like this offense has so much potential to just complicate things for defenses because they finally have a ton of speed. They've got a, a number of different personnel groupings. I think we saw some 13 yesterday for the first time in a while. So a lot of really exciting things that, yes, it's only week one, but Matt LaFleur has so much to build off of already. And his offense is at like 80% functionality. A hundred percent. There are a few things on offense I want to talk about really quick. Um, you mentioned that Lee Keith, you know, did get the start. I did feel like Wicks played a little bit more than he did. Mm -hmm. it, maybe it was just my eye seeing 13 more than 18 out there. I don't think Wicks had like the best game in the world. He was great, you know, blocking, but I would be curious to see if Malik Keith just gets a little bit more playing time next week. Um, given that performance, I was definitely curious why he didn't get more time um, given how he looked in the preseason. The other thing that we should talk about, and you and I talked about it offline is AJ Dillon. I don't want to, I don't want to put anything out into the universe after week one. I don't want to overreact. However, it is really interesting to me. And you know that the offensive line is blocking the same way that they're blocking for Aaron Jones. So I do not understand why AJ Dillon cannot get more yardage. I, I don't know if it's his play style. I don't know if it's maybe some of the run um, the run plays that are being called for him, right? If they're calling different plays than they are for Aaron Jones. I don't know. I, I would have to ask an expert on, on this, but there's something about when he is in, the run game does not move nearly as like seamlessly as when Aaron Jones is in. And maybe it won't even ever get close because we just said Aaron Jones is a very special player. But I just feel like A.J. Dillon leaves a lot of yards on the field. Um, there are moments in this game for sure where I was like, 
he had some wide open like lanes and he either like tripped or just like ran into a defender or whatever that is. So this is a big year for him. This is a big contract year for him. And I think this offense relies heavily on a running back rotation. And I just, I think he's going to need to step up his game from what he put on the field this game. Yeah. And I mean, there's a ton of truth to what you said, right? Like some, Matt LaFleur runs an outside zone scheme, right? Like we've seen that. That's what he likes to do. Aaron Jones is the perfect running back for that kind of scheme. AJ Dillon is not meant to be an East-West runner. Like that's not his game. You need him to go downhill, build momentum and not knock people over. But we didn't see that when he was running North-South. So I think that is kind of the head scratching moment here too. And there are moments like on the Jordan Love fumble that he completed to Luke Musgrave. He had a great pickup. I think that, you know, a Bears defender would have gotten to love if A.J. Dillon doesn't step in there and pick that up. So he has those moments of being a very important player to the offense. It's just you're questioning where some of that explosiveness has gone and if he's going to be able to recover that. Because if there's an offensive line, the pack like to do this behind the Packers have to be top five. Right. Like there's certainly a couple better lines that he could run behind, but you, you're, it's not the Bears' offensive line. Like you should be able to do yeah. this, especially against a Bears' D line that was not good. And it's no, I completely agree. And it's again no knock to him. Like he's amazing in pass pro, mm-hmm. like truly incredible in pass pro. But like your running back too should also be able to get you explosive plays. And I don't know if you watch how much football you know you were able to watch prior to the Packers game, but I was watching a decent amount of the Panthers Falcons game mm-hmm. and. I thought that the Bijan Robinson, Tyler Algiers, like one, two, again, different running backs, but so dynamic. Both of them were able to have really big days. And I don't see why AJ Dillon shouldn't be able to be at that level or better, right. than a Tyler Algiers. And so I, I'm with you. I just don't know where necessarily like the disconnect is. And again, I think some of it's play calling, like you should not be, throwing the ball to him kind of like behind the line of scrimmage, unless that screen is blocked up like real nice. Like he should be pounding you up the middle. Mm -hmm. So maybe they adjust in the future, but um, I'm going to be really disappointed if this is just the AJ Dillon that we get now. Yeah. I mean, especially going back two seasons ago when they both eclipsed a thousand yards and it was the first time that any duo running backs had done that in like 20 years, but 13 attempts for 19 yards is just it's not going to cut it because you need no. Aaron Jones to be the focal point of the offense. And I mean, we saw it. He, he literally ran so fast that he pulled up on his hammy and they think it's going to be fine. Like he seems like he could have gone back in and it was relatively, relatively minor. He'll be fine for next week, but it's a long season and you just can't have your focal point having to carry the bulk of everything because the running back number two is struggling so hopefully this was just like a blip on the radar and he's going to start trucking people but yeah let's let's talk about the defense now because the defense had such a good day against what we think has the potential to be a pretty good offense yeah i mean pressure 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 pressure. we have been so high on this defensive front all off season and you really, really saw why. Now, again, I don't think we, you mentioned it. This bears offensive line is very good. However, you have a very mobile quarterback in Justin Fields, who is clearly very difficult to take down. And I really thought this team did a nice job of getting to him and causing a lot of disruption. Everyone was involved. Devonte Wyatt, 
looks like he's really coming together. Kenny Clark was in there. JJ Anigbari was in there. Rashawn Gary only played 12 snaps, five pressures out of his like 10 or 12 snaps. Like he is so back. Should have had a um, sack, but it got Should have had a sack. Right. Like everyone is getting involved. You see Lucas Van Ness chase Justin Fields down and and I think it was either a sack or he pushed him out of bounds. Either way, he got him it was a sack. Got him down. Not many not many guys can do that. So this team is just full of like freak athletes who are really starting to put it together and not just pressure, but a really nice day on the ground for the Packers. Something that has been their Achilles heel for a really long time. They handled the run game quite nicely. And I think not just the front, but the whole unit got involved in the run game, right? You saw DBs getting in there and, uh, tackle having tackles for losses. Quay and Devondre Campbell manning the middle of the field very nicely. Just the whole unit handled the run game the way that Kenny warned us that they would, given the changes Joe Barry was going to make there. Yeah, and I mean, I think from what we've seen from this team and how this defense has been constructed on paper, like this is what you expect from them. And I think why I've been so frustrated and so like ready to, to just engage with bears fans, which is not normally what I do. It's not my like style of football fandom to like, to, to talk smack to other fans, but going into the game, right. It was that we've got a new King of the North. The bears are going to take over. And then after the game, the narrative completely changed to, well, our offensive game plan sucked and well, it's just the bears. We were the worst team in the league last year. Like, nobody's willing to give the Packers any flowers because th- it was just the Bears. And that ca- that doesn't get to be your narrative. You can't change that now. Justin Jones wanted to come out and say that Packers fans are clueless and the Packers suck, and he didn't have a single stat. Jaquan Brisker, who I loved so much in the draft, was talking about how this was their division now, right? Like, you can't talk all that talk, and then when the opportunity comes to back it up, be like, well... It was really, it was our own fault that we didn't play well. No, just like give the Packers some of their flowers. This defense played really well. They held the Bears to three of 13, so 23% on third down. Justin Fields had 59 yards on nine scrambles. He was the league's seventh leading rusher last season as a quarterback, seventh leading rusher. And they held him to 59 yards. Like, give them. DJ Moore. For all that talk, (laughs) two catches, 25 yards. Thank you, Jair Alexander. And Chase Claypool had a big fat zero opposite Razul Douglas. And like, and the thing is, we came on this show and we said, DJ Moore, awesome addition for the Bears. Really smart trade. Get your picks. You get your right tackle of the future. Like Packers fans were more than willing to be like, yeah, the Bears are making strides. This division's wide open. The Bears could show some improvement. But now, all of a sudden, after making the best moves of the offseason and, you know, acquiring DJ Moore, all of a sudden now, oh, well, the GM is dumb. We shouldn't have done that. We gave up too much for a wide receiver. Like, no, 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 Bears fans. You made your bed. Lay in it. That's all. I I can't. Well, I think that the Packers just, like, played well. Um, I don't care about what what fans have to say at all. Um, Like... The DBs played really physically. Really well. And I really liked that Joe Barry has obviously made some adjustments and allowed his corners to shadow the number one and number two receivers. 
I don't know if that's going to be something that they ha- do, you know, consistently going forward as much as they did on as many snaps because some teams will have, you know, more than two weapons to cover and then they'll have to play a little bit more. Like so Falcons. Yeah, exactly. Like a number of the teams that they're going to see this season, but I really love the way that they played. I loved their physicality. Darnell Savage, leading tackler in this game, I thought he looked really nice, was flying around the field. I hope that they continue to use him in a way that's more complementary to his skill set. I am not a big Rudy Ford fan. I I think after this game, I feel like he's a little bit more of a liability than he aids. But I did think that he, again, played really physical and came in for a lot of assistance in the run game. So I'm very curious to see still what they do with the safety position moving forward. I have a feeling just because this performance was really nice, they'll probably give for the nod opposite Savage again next week. But um, you just got to see the whole unit in and um, you just got to see the whole unit in and, you know, Carrington Valentine got some snaps at the end of this game. Against DJ Moore. Yeah. And yep. Um, locked him down. Yeah. Yep. You know, they put Jonathan Owens in as well for a little while. So Says a lot, I have to say. It says a lot that, you know, you're playing your backups week one in the fourth quarter. And that that's that's wow. Yeah, and I'm like Matt LaFleur had said too, like, this is a rookie class that loves ball. Like Lucas Van Ness and Carl Brooks both had their first sacks in their first NFL game. You know, we talked about Jaden Reed on offense. But his punt return was for 35 yards was such an underrated like piece of flipping the field to give the Packers really good field position. Anders Carlson obviously had a kick that oh, would have been good go from special teams now. <laughs> he had a kick that would have been good from Milwaukee, right? Like just all of the rookies, Carrington Valentine, we just talked about, everybody had just a really, really nice first game. And you know Goot was like up in his box or wherever he was, just like rubbing his hands together. Like <laughs> this is this is why he picked the players that he did. And to see them all have immediate impacts was really cool. Well, they're gonna have to. That's the other thing too. Right. It's like you're seeing it. And like I'm not like taking away from the fact that they did, because if they didn't, you would understand it a little bit. Like mm-hmm. they're rookies, it's their yeah. very first it's their very first season. But knowing how important they are to the success of this team, it's a really nice sign to see that they were super impactful, like right off the jump. Um, all right, you talked about it, but special teams, special teams had a really nice day, um, gave the Packers really good field position, which I think actually cannot be understated how important that is for a, a starter uh, at the quarterback position. Like Jordan Love did not have to drive the entire length of the field at all in this game. And there are going to be moments where he's going to, and guess what? That's great. He needs to practice how to do that. But both Nixon and Reed being really nice return guys is huge. It was just like very complimentary football. I would say very complimentary football in this game. Yeah. I mean, like you even had Matt LaFleur joking about it, right? Like he said, Oh, we were just trying to test Anders. I didn't get the play calls in. It was a high snap. Like everything that could have gone wrong, arguably did go wrong on his first field goal attempt and he just dead center that thing that thing would have been good from like 70 yards you know like it was just so impressive and that's why you weather the growing pains because you know Daniel Whelan also his first NFL start there was a cool stat where it was like the first time in Packers history that they had a punter and kicker starting their first NFL games together like they've always had one vet in the room so 
just really impressive debut for them too when we're so used to them honestly being kind of a liability so the fact that they played so well um we thought we'd do some like cool segments this year to try and break up the way that we view the game so let's go ahead perry and give out some game balls for this year or for this week one okay my game ball is going to be obvious and i don't care it's going to jordan love fair because first start you said it before 15, I think it was 15 of 26, 245 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and above 100 passer rating. Did everything and more that you want to see from him. Had a really, really, really nice day. Um, no, nothing else to say about it. I Yeah, I thought it was also really cool. He had four completions of 30-plus yards. So, like, when you talk about his numbers, that's also just – really yeah. important to note converted a fourth down for a touchdown which is just so reminiscent of 12 it yeah so <laughs> kind of piggybacking off of that talked about him a lot obviously very obvious choice here aaron jones because he was everything and more that this packers offense needed and you know that if he had played in the fourth quarter he didn't need to but if he was able to play his numbers would have looked even better so for being just the reliable player that he needs to be on and off the field for a young quarterback. Absolutely more than deserving of a game ball. Mm -hmm. Let's go then to stock up, which players, you know, player players do you think have their stock up going into week two? Um, My stock up player, and I'm trying to pull up the stats as we speak. um, So you can help me out maybe, but my stock up player is Jaden Reed. Okay. Um, I think we have known that he is going to be the starter in the slot. We've been very excited about his upside and his um, athletic ability, but to see him kind of come through as really like wide receiver one in this game um, and have some really nice, uh, just like really nice moments. I think we're going to see a lot more of him and this is only uh, the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. So Jordan, uh, Jordan, Jaden Reed ended up with, I want to say it was 48 yards. Yeah. Two receptions for 48 yards and his long was 30. And then of course he contributed on special teams with that punt return as well for 35 yards. I'm going to give my stock up to somebody that you already mentioned kind of briefly, Darnell Savage. I just thought he had a really kind of underrated quiet day. I know he gave up the first down at one point in the first half, but he looked shot out of a cannon. He had 10 total tackles, led the team, one tackle for loss where he just blew up a play in the backfield before they could even get it developed. So if that's kind of who he gets to be and he gets to play more aggressively and more physically and play closer to the line, I think that's kind of what he needs. And I'm excited to see that kind of role develop for him throughout the rest of the season because in his, his week one, he looked really good for us being concerned about the safety room. Yeah. He's going to give up his plays, but yeah. I did like the way he played in this game for sure. Um, my stock, stock down, I already kind of went over it, um, but it's unfortunately AJ Dillon. Um, just right now, I think there's a lot of upside, a lot of guys you can put in this like stock up pile, and he's really the only one that I think underperformed in this game. Um I think you could maybe put Josh Myers in there as well. I mentioned this earlier, but I just thought like still very inconsistent, especially it's so stark to me because the rest of the line is so stout. Like there is not a single thing that anyone else on that line does wrong. (laughs) And he is still kind of missing blocks when he needs to. He's still, you know, 
there were still two botched snaps in this game that fortunately didn't cause any issues, but we just can't have that happen. So I'd probably pick AJ Dillon or, and or Josh Myers. I think those are really the only candidates. I would have said AJ Dillon as well, but I think that we might see the Packers start to experiment with the line a little bit. If Josh still performs the way that he is Zach Tom, you've got as a candidate to move to center Rashid Walker had such a fantastic preseason and looks like a franchise tackle that I think they give you a little bit of flexibility. You know, Yash Nyman can do it too. Obviously Zach Tom won the spot, but I think if Josh continues to struggle against better defensive line play, because the bears defensive line is not good. Yeah. Then we're going to see some movement and the Packers have said like their goal is always to get the best five out there. And Josh Myers, I know he was a, a second round draft pick, but he unfortunately might just not be one of their best five. And that's what they have to figure out kind of in the first few weeks of the season. Totally. Also, you mentioned him, but like quick shout out Rashid Walker coming in <laughs> as a sixth eligible yeah. lineman playing the Mercedes Lewis role and looking great. He had a huge part to play in that big Aaron Jones run. So, or I should say, you know, screen, screen pass, but awesome. Awesome by Rashid Walker. Yeah. So then finally to wrap up, let's talk about favorite play or plays that you had from week one. Um, we didn't get to talk about this and I purposely didn't because I wanted to save it, but Quay Walker pick six. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> the perfect like microcosm of how well this defense played, right? They got really good pressure on Justin Fields. They took away every read possible Instead of taking a sack, which you think he probably should have, he made a pretty bad throw. And not only did Quay, you know how sometimes anyone but, I'm keeping the DB group out of this, because I feel like when DBs make interceptions, they tend to try to get that extra yardage. I find that anyone, linebackers, or if for whatever reason, a defensive lineman or an edge rusher, get an interception, they usually just kind of like go down. They're like, oh my God, the ball, down. Quay Walker not only took this ball, tried to get extra yardage, cut across the field, pinballed against a Bears defender, did not go down, (laughs) changed direction, and then smashed his way into the end zone probably so badly that he's now in concussion protocol, which you don't want. But just like the effort, you have to give him the A-plus for effort because not only did he make, you know, a great – read on the ball and take it away from Justin Fields, but he fought to get into that end zone. That was not an easy pick six. That was not a, they're in their own kind of end zone and you just jump around and it's right in there. He really worked for that. So that was great. And it was just like the icing on top of what was already kind of an ass whooping. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, what's, what's so significant about that too was the fact that it happened and, I, Darnell Savage had said earlier in the week um, or in his post game kind of interviews that like he was like barking at Quay all week because he was playing too close and he needed to back up and then he backs up in the game in that alignment and that's when he snags the pick six which is just really funny to hear like you know that that it was something that they looked at and worked on and they were like no Quay like just back it up a little bit but yeah that's that's a really nice pick I also wanted to kind of piggyback on that because we had talked about this offline but Darnell Savage, uh, Matt LaFleur gave him a shout out as being one of the reasons that he went for it on that fourth down because Savage looked at him and basically said, like, we got you, coach. Like, if this doesn't work, like, the defense is going to hold up. And just that that mindset and that mentality, like, 
you know there's dogs on the defense. Like you've got Jair, you've got Rashawn, who I think gave the pregame speech. Like there are leaders and players, but to have a guy like Darnell who went through the adversity that he did last year come out and have that kind of role, I thought was just was a really nice like token after this game. Yeah, that's a really nice touch. I think also before you give your your play of the game, um just a really like really shows how close this team is. Yeah. Um, and I think you saw it a lot, especially if you watch the locker room footage post game, like these guys love each other. They're playing hard for each other. You see it on the sidelines, you see them dap up Matt LaFleur, you know, in game, you see big bear hugs between Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love, just like the, the vibe of this locker room is super positive And there's clearly like a lot of camaraderie all across the board. Yeah. I mean, like even, um, not to go back to it, but like DJ Moore had said, like, we didn't bring the juice. And that was a phrase we heard so often the last couple seasons from the Packers where it was like, you know, we were trailing and we just didn't have the energy to overcome the adversity. Like you saw David Bakhtiari laying in the end zone, waving at Bears fans. He flipped them off at one point when he was on the line, like AJ Hawk, (laughs) the group celebrations, whenever like Dobbs had a touchdown, AJ or Aaron Jones, when he had the touchdown, they were all doing a celebration together. Like, you can tell that this team had so much bulletin board material through the off season and they knew like all we need is each other. And I think this was like a really example of that, especially, you know, to have the the analysts all pick the bears on the, the pregame show. That was just really special to see this Packers team and can like feel how close they are. Um, we talked about it a little bit, but I think one of my favorite plays of the game was just the Jordan Love fumble that he converted that, you know, would have been a touchdown if Luke Musgrave doesn't get a cramp because it was such an example of who we think he can be as a quarterback, super poised, doesn't freak out, doesn't just like dive on the ball and get tackled. He has enough, you know, he had, he, he kind of recalled it after the game and said like, I knew this was a huge play. David Bakhtiari had even said he was like begging them to run this because they knew it was wide open and it was wide open all practice all week. So Jordan's like, oh, no, I'm going to botch this. Like, I dropped it. Nope, he just scoops it up. AJ picks up, you know, the defender, and he's able to get a huge completion. So I think just that level of poise, he just looks kind of well beyond his years as a starting quarterback. I completely agree. And I bet we see that play over and over and over again until it stops working. Um, My last thing before we wrap up this show is I just want to point out that the Packers touchdown celebration for one of <laughs> Romeo Dobbs's. No, you're going to love this. For one of Romeo Dobbs's touchdowns was a dance move from the movie. Love don't cost a thing. So not only were they enjoying themselves in this off season and coming up with touchdown celebrations, but they did it with so much nuance that it was actually a tribute to their starting quarterback. That is all. There is literally no better way to end this show. The Packers our 1-0, and we will, of course, be back later this week with a preview of the game at Atlanta against the Falcons. Thank you, as always, for listening. We hope you enjoyed Week 1 and Victory Monday as much as we did because it was just so sweet. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at PWSS Podcast, on all other socials at Pax What She Said. You can also find the, the podcast on YouTube, on the Odyssey YouTube channel throughout the remainder of the season. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. We will be back later this week to talk about week two. But for now, let's just continue to enjoy week one and a win against the NFC North rival Chicago Bears. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.